Hello and welcome back to Talk That Talk with Shalonda. And I know I have not been consistent with making these podcasts. So I literally made one and that's only because I was the spare of the moment. And that was about, what, three weeks ago. <laughs> and I tried to make another one. But I could not, I could not do it. However, I want me to just kind of freely speak and see what comes out. But this podcast is meant to be a talk for foster youth to talk about our issues and what we went through, basically our experience, as well as trying to get people to understand our unique individual stories and opening up a community to have the conversation. You know, how can we as the youth trust our caseworkers, the judges, the people who are in, you know, power to make laws that will affect us? And then how can we as the youth take advantage of every opportunity that is given to us? This is the podcast for you. So in the other podcast, I told you that I am not doing any edits and I don't know how they're turning out because I'm literally not listening to them. I put the ones like the pieces together and I allow it to be, you know, organized together (laughs) and then I post it only because if I listen to it and I edit it. I will take a very long time and I won't get it out because I'm very particular of how I say things if I stumble over my words and if there's any background noises and then I want to perfect it. So we're not doing none of these things, okay? Eventually it will come. But for now, I hope that you enjoy the podcast as raw as they come, even when I don't have water and my voice is like going out, please bear with me. (laughs) So I want to talk about relationships and particularly um, how we develop and establish relationships, especially being foster youth, okay? So me being in foster care, um, prior to me being in foster care, I did not establish relationships with people I was more reserved and careful as to who I would speak to and this even came about with family I really didn't talk to that many family members and I think for me I would vibe and feel more energetic energy between us that was just off with people and I really did not want to be gravitated toward them And something propelled me away. So when I was young, I knew I I I knew who I wanted to talk to and I who who I knew I needed to stay away from, if that makes sense. And um, as I got older, I started to realize, you know, I need to talk to people and be social. And so when 
I got into middle school and high school, I started to notice that the relationships that I formed were for a period of time. So for the most part, I didn't hang out with too many people outside of the school. But I formed relationships with the person that I was sitting next to in the classroom because, I mean, hey, we were sitting in a classroom for a whole year next to each other. I might as well get to know the person I'm sitting next to, right? But I didn't develop outside relationships with people until pretty much the the end of my high school years. Um But then after that, I started to develop relationships with people that were a part of the organization that I was a part of, this teen advocacy youth group, youth group, that is not what it's called, TAG, Teen Advocacy Group Youth Council. So I developed relationships with the people who were a part of this group. We hung out outside of that group, and most of us did not attend the same school. So why do I say this? Why is this even important, right? So I want to say relationships that we form are important. How we form those relationships matter, and how those relationships make us or force us into being the people that we are supposed to be and showing ourselves who we are. That's the point. And for me, the relationships that I built helped me become the person that I am. So (laughs) let's go back to when I was in foster care and I was... In middle school, the biggest person that was my supporter was my mother. And she passed away when I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade and she passed away. And it was sad for me because she had called me and asked me me about my day every single day. She would never miss a beat to question how happy I was, what was going on, what was the big news, what is new um, about my track meets. Like, she was the person to encourage me and to support me through that time. Even though I was in foster care, she still made it her business to care enough to contact me, right? To be there for my support. And when she passed away, then I had to create relationships that mimicked what she provided for me not my mother the 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 essence of what she gave the support that she gave to me the calls the check-ins and I didn't realize this until now that that essentially was what I was doing when I had got a whole bunch of mentors for different um, sectors or <laughs> of my life, I didn't understand what I was doing um, in the moment. But I had a ton of mentors for different reasons, and so, <laughs> and so I was basically, 
I was getting the essence of what my mom did for me, the support, the talks, because hey, as a young teenage girl, we need the talk, but the talks, the conversations about development and where do you see yourself going? Where's your life headed to? Oh no, honey boo, move forward with your life. This is a no-go. There's other boys here. But those conversations is what young girls like myself when I was 14, 13 needed to have, right? And I sought out mentors and programs and to be actively involved in something that got my attention, kept my attention, and made me strive to be better, right? And so the people that I had around me supported me and encouraged me to be my best self. So my mentors, and I don't know if I should shout her out, but hey, Candice, that was one of my mentors. I had Shalomith, that's another. Um, she wasn't a mentor, but <laughs> Miss Cook, she wasn't technically my mentor, but I definitely got some words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should name all these names, but everyone that was there to support me. Oh, oh my gosh. Gosh, I I definitely forgot a, a few names, but like Miss um, Myers. Ooh. <laughs> oh, all these people um, prior to me turning 18 watched me grow and develop into the person that I am. So I probably should not have named off names because I'm going to definitely forget some people who helped me. But that is just a few names on the list of people who embodied the essence of my mother because they were potentially mothers or sisters or aunties, but women who understood um being a young woman, right? And at that point in time, I had mostly women mentors. And so they helped me really cultivate who I wanted to become and kind of get me connected with the resources and the opportunities that I needed in order for it to be shaped and rounded like I needed to be right I was really the person that was eager to learn and to really go forward with whatever opportunity that was given to me and my mother when I first got into foster care told me to tell our story and at 10 years old I'm nervous I just been taken away from her and placed in Inside strangers, um, inside a stranger's house, and so I didn't want to expose my story like that. But the moment that she passed away, and I had someone encourage me to to join the tag group, which was Miss Cook, because she was the 
coordinator at the time and she invited me out to an event. They went to the IX Center and I got to see everyone. Now, I am still not that sociable. I like I like one-on-one conversations. I'm not a big social person. Um, so at that time, I looked at all the people. I like to observe them. Um, they're happy. They're, I'm meeting other foster youth that are happy, that are cheerful. They're ready to go on this trip. And we're sharing stories and we're talking. Mind you, at this time, I'm not sharing my personal story, but I'm just like eager to listen and be in, in the midst <laughs> of other youth that are in foster care and share something that I don't have to hide anymore, right? And so that shaped my life because even though that was the initial start of something that I, I had no experience with, it was the start of me being able to tell my story. So she was the initial push that I needed to tell my story that my mom wanted me to tell. You see how this goes and how relationships matter? My mom is the one that instilled what I needed to be instilled in me. The mentors and the relationships that I had were building blocks upon the foundation that my mom had already lied for me. And... All of the relationships from mentors to teachers to sponsors have been placed strategically in my life to help structure that. Because after um, I joined the tag group, I started to look at other youth like myself who were telling their stories proudly. They were in foster care and had experienced a ton of different things that was definitely different than my own experience, but they were confidently telling what their truth was, happy to tell it. And I think that for me opened my eyes up to tell my truth and what I knew it to be. And so at that time, I really kind of mimicked what they were doing, how open, you know, one of the people that, I don't know if I start, I should mention names, but one of the people, the guy that was so well-groomed and demonstrated excellence, how he spoke, he just really grabbed the attention of the room. And I wanted that. I wanted to be like that, to grab the attention of people in the room and hold it. I felt that was a, a, a sum of power. And so I developed a relationship with him, you know, talking and figuring him out, his story, his background, his drive. And as he opened up to me, I shared my story and I became more comfortable with sharing that story, my truth as I knew it to be. And he helped me to, to develop that confidence to speak and talk to people in a room full of strangers that don't know me, don't know my story, but 
were willing to listen and understand the experiences from the youth perspective. Other relationships that really helped me were, that was actually in county, were program advocates. I don't know. Um, I went to a lot of collaboratives, like community centers, and there were people in the community that have external um, resources that they provide the youth that have been in foster care. And so I was fortunate to meet people who got to watch me grow up and then be able to say that they're proud of me because they they have literally been able to see the journey that I was on. They got to meet my mother. <laughs> and oh boy, was that an experience for them. But they got to meet my mother and see what my mother produced, which is me, because I am the proud product or production or uh, <laughs> example of what she knew that I could be. And even though she's not here to see it physically, everyone that have came in contact with my mom are able to see based off the relationships that I developed and how people supported me, they're able to see the work and the effort and now the result and the success. But had I isolated myself like I did when I first got into foster care, the moments where I didn't want to address the person I now call her grandma sometimes if I'm not mad (laughs) but if I if I didn't talk and open up I would not be here when I first got into foster care I remember isolating myself and even from my siblings because they immediately opened up and started calling this woman grandma and started calling these other two people cousins. And it was just so weird to me that I definitely had to separate myself away from my siblings. And if I would have stayed in that space where I didn't want to, you know, create relationships or even talk to people or deal with people, my life could have turned much differently. Because I know that we tend to create relationships based off our mental space. And in times... I really went through some rough, difficult mental thought processes and ideas about myself and about my experience that if I had not had the support, I don't know why I said it like that, but if I did not have the support to talk out what my thoughts and my feelings were, I could have been still isolated and I would not have opened my, myself up to more opportunities and more relationships to build with people who essentially made me great, who made me even more of a fighter. 
and even more of a person that wanted to achieve because now I have the examples to do so. Now I have the resources to do it. And there were perks along the way. (laughs) There were a lot of perks that I would say. Some that were good, you know, getting connected with people who could help me write a book, yet I wasn't ready to do so. A person that was willing to, oh man, I had so many opportunities. It's starting to like blur the lines, but um, one particular person wanted to give me her contact information because she heard that I wanted to write a book when I was sitting on a panel. And at that time, I wasn't ready to do so. I just, I just couldn't do it at that time. It wasn't the right time to produce this, this book, right? But when I, when I was able to sit in a room with very powerful people in seminars and conferences and, uh, I don't know, different events that was pulled together by county and the overall grand system, I was able to talk about not just my story, but my future plans and be connected like, oh, I have someone that I can connect you with. So that's why relationships is important to me because I'm not my mother's story. I'm not my siblings' stories. I have my own story. And my experience in foster care could have gone extremely bad, but it didn't. I don't have the roughest story in foster care, but the experience of being taken away from your family and living with complete strangers is difficult, emotionally difficult to deal with. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to ask ourselves questions like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my family? And we have shame, a lot of shame around our experience of being in foster care. But we need to get out of that and come into the realization that we're not our parents' stories. That our journey and our life has a ton of new experiences that they never got to experience and enjoy. That we can either make a choice To be connected to other people that's going to help us tell our stories and to really understand that even the experiences that happened in foster care does not define us. And we can truly help ourselves by taking the resources and taking the opportunities and becoming better than what our parents or our siblings and our, our, our family, grandmas, aunties, cousins, uncles, whatever they become, we can be better. Only if we cultivate those relationships. 
because that is where we're going to have the link for a better future. Mind you, you definitely have to be careful as to like who you trust and, you know, friendships won't always matter. But like understanding who are you going to be friend? Are you going to be friends with someone who just, you know, don't tell you the truth all the time that you have a problem? Because my friends, my friends used to tell me you might put a smile on your face, but I see tears. And I will look at this person and I would tell him, like, you don't know what's behind my smile. But he insisted that he knew exactly what I was hiding. And yeah, at that time, I I hid the fact that I went home and I cried at night and I felt like I was alone. I hid the fact that I was scared to go home because I lived with other people. And so I would sit and talk to him for hours on end, you know, to fill the time until I had to go back to school the next morning, to college the next morning. Because he, as a friend, told me that something was wrong and I needed to do something about it. We had serious conversations. So it's... it's about developing real relationships with real people who's going to tell you real things. That's not going to sit here and say that everything is always okay when they could see you breaking down. They're not going to see and let you break down and just sit on the sidelines and say, oh, you'll get better. It's okay. The friends that we keep around us is not going to tell us to go walk in the, the house knowing that it's on fire. And for me, I think I developed the people that I kept close to me, the tag group, relationships individually with people that were in that group. And I, to this day, will still call them up and, you know, ask them, like, are you okay? I seen that you posted something. Oh, I'm coming over. You know, you need to get something off your chest and... You know, I don't want you on Facebook like this, and I don't want you on Instagram like that. If you need someone, I'm here. I am that type of friend. And for some of us, we had closer relationships where when you develop a a certain relationship with a person and you share a certain amount of intimacy, conversation with them They know when you're upset and when you have a problem and when your emotions is not in order and they're like, "Mm, something is off. Like something is not right with you right now. What is it? Like what's going on? And they really are concerned. And they listen to you. And for some of us in foster care, we can develop the wrong relationships with people. (laughs) And I've watched, and I know it's not funny, but man, can we develop wrong relationships with people. And I've watched it tear. I, I got to see how it teared or tore a person's life up. 
mess their entire life up because they chose to be friends with the wrong people and hang out with the wrong people. And these people don't have the best intentions because they're still working out the issues that they have within themselves and their experience. And so if you're working out your issues and they working out their issues, y'all working them out together, but they don't really want to deal with their issues. So they brush over it and they still want to be their their issues. They still want to sit in that and you want to you want to be better than it, right? Cuz for me, I want it to be better than what my experience and my circumstances were. So I needed friends who wanted to be better than what their experience and circumstances were. I needed people who were in positions of power, who got over their circumstances at their childhood experience, midlife crisis. I needed people who wanted and wished for better and that could tell me the truth. I'm pretty hard to <laughs> for someone to tell me like the truth sometimes and I'm pretty hard on people like my friends I definitely try to keep it as real as possible but uh I reserve their feelings but uh, people needs to be real with me like I like friends that are real with me I like friends that tell me and family members and acquaintances to like tell me the real business about me that I need to get up and get my sh- don't say that together that I'm not making an effort that I'm making excuses that I have more potential I need those things to come out of my friend's mouth in order for me to know that they're a friend don't sit here and say let's party all the time when you know that you know my emotional state is on a border of like collapse <laughs> like you know tell me the real and i want i want to be honest with all of you that you need to have those friends who are completely honest with you and develop other relationships work in relationships with people who understand your experience, but they give you tough love so that you can be the best you possible. To tell you that, yeah, you might be emotionally distressed, but you need to get up to go to work. And you need to call a therapist to work that out. Because life and and people, they don't stop. Our experience in foster care is our past or our present that we're working through. But that's a piece of who we are. And the other pieces that we are, the creativeness, the spontaneity, the intelligence, the craziness... We all have different parts of us that we are proud of, that we're happy with. And even when we go to the the place of thinking about our childhood experience, we still should have a bag of good moments and 
good experiences where people, you know, enjoyed laughter with us, that we got to talk out our fears with people that we got close to. We still have that to bring our spirits up. Or we can call somebody up and say, hey, good friend of mine, (laughs) I'm feeling a little low today. Can you come over and lift my spirits? So relationships are important. And I kind of discussed friendship as well as professional working relationships and why, you know, it's good to have friends because they are your your peers' support. But for working relationships like mentors and counselors, therapists, program, I don't know what they would be called, like program... I don't know, collaboratives, because that's what I remember it them being <laughs> collaboratives when I was um, growing up, community centers. But these are working relationships where when they, they have opportunities, you're the first person that they think about because they know that you are serious enough and they know about you to provide you with resources and opportunity. But we as the youth and me working into like, um, I don't even know, like, what do they call when you're almost 30? Is this like a midlife for some people? Yeah. But anyways, (laughs) when I told my grandma that I was almost 30 and she was like, oh, how old are you? And I was like, 27. (laughs) She was like, girl. (laughs) What you mean? But. (laughs) Okay. Let me try to focus. See? Having little moments that you can laugh and enjoy. (laughs) Uh, That brings my spirits up. For sure. But um, I think that's it. I think that's that's all for this podcast. Um, The importance of relationships. And how it helps you uh, building your support system first and foremost. Hi, Minx. Your relationships that you have is the support system. And I'll leave you with this. I have known, I have this known quote, it takes a village to raise a child. I've heard this all throughout college and probably before that, but They say it because the people that you have around you help build you up or tear you down, but you allow them to. All right, until my next podcast. See you later.